This is episode 172 of the Relate podcast on discovering digital ethics with Lawrence Ampofo. We are spending more and more time in the online world, looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us. But studies have proven that it's real life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and welcome to another episode of the Relate Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this show where we are learning about how we can practice deeper digital awareness, digital wellness in our relationships today. For this episode, I am talking with Lawrence Ampofo, and Lawrence is the founder and CEO of Digital Mindfulness. Founded in 2014, Digital Mindfulness focuses on helping people operationalize digital ethics and responsible innovation into actionable and measurable business initiatives. Through their global network of experts and access to the latest market and technological research, Digital Mindfulness provides their communities access to the latest innovations and thinking in global digital ethics. And boy, do we have a great episode with Lawrence joining us today. Lawrence and I chatted about all things digital ethics. We talk about how tech is affecting us on a social level, how digital ethics is really a fast-moving industry because technology is continuously advancing. We talk about how there is discrimination within tech, how big tech companies are influencing the decisions of the people, how there's a lot of people experiencing burnout culture with tech platforms, and we also discuss the mental health concerns when it comes to technology. If you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I would love to know what you think. So without further ado, let me please introduce today's guest of Relate, Lawrence Ampofo. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Relate Podcast. Today, we have a special guest joining us. His name is Lawrence Ampofo. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining us on the Relate Podcast today. Thanks for having me, Patrick. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to, to have you on the show. We've had the opportunity to talk a little bit back and forth for, for some time now, and I really love the work that you're doing with the digital mindfulness. I think especially now in the pandemic today, this work has become, and I believe, even more important. It was already super important, but now that we spend so many, so much of our time on screens, it really is crucial that we practice ways in which we could practice digital mindfulness, digital wellness, and really take those habits into our lives and start to implement them. So Thank you so much for all the work that you do. Oh, thank you. That's that's really kind of you. So I'm wondering, for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, I'm just wondering if you could start off by 
uh, maybe just sharing with us what brought you into the digital wellness, digital mindfulness industry. Sure. Um, so I think we'll have to go back um, just a little while, but um, really my work in this space was inspired by um, um, study naturally. So I finished, um, finished my PhD in about 2012. And in my PhD, I really focused on the intersection, of course, with technology and human behavior, specifically political behavior. And so that was really fascinating to me, the way that digital really had a direct influence on the way behave, way people behave politically. And so just after finishing that, you know, I decided to move out of academia a little bit, but also just to, I really wanted to explore this more because if, um, if technology was having an effect on people politically, I wanted to understand the, the extent to which that though that behavior was being influenced at a, at a more macro level so at the social level if we were talking about business if we were talking about health and this really led me to start asking questions like this so you know what is the impact what is the quantifiable um, impacts of technology on people where is the research who's having meaningful discussions about this and it wasn't immediately obvious around that time around 2013 2012 it wasn't immediately obvious to try and find these discussions but rather you had to um, 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 you had to dig really deep and then start to connect dots and that's of course that, that's one thing that I love doing and you know that I'm quite good at and so that really then led me to some of the people that were doing some excellent work so people like Howard Rheingold um, for example People like Alex Sujun Kim Pang, um, people like Nicholas Carr. These were the these were the first authors that I managed to find who were talking about this, and and then you know from there you know but you know I'd just written um, like a hundred thousand plus words and I didn't want to write anymore, did not want to have a blog, and so just started to build up um, a podcast about that. And podcast wasn't nascent at that time. But I think it wasn't as popular as it is right now. And it was fantastic. People from all over the world wanted to join the podcast. And the more that you dug was the more that you found these um, these core interest, not interesting, just pivotal communities of people um, who were not only discussing this topic, but were really unearthing new insights and new data um, um, about this so for example the psychologists were having their own discussion the UX community was having its own discussion um, and the computer scientists were having their own discussion there were so many of these little communities so I really wanted to just bring them all together and that's what led to starting digital mindfulness because not only did that link exist between digital and human behavior but then it also led me to think okay if that exists what does our digital present moment look like? What if you could sit down and you could just have a view of what that looked like? It would be incredibly noisy. So so then once you start asking that, you can start to you can start to do things. You can start to ask really meaningful questions like how do we construct digital environments so that they, um, they have a positive influence on us rather than a negative or one that's directed by someone or something else. What happens if you're creating these digital environments? What should you be thinking about to create 
positive experiences for people. And then not only that, then coming out and then looking at, again, at a more macro level, um, what's going on around the world? What are different people around the world, different communities around the world, thinking how are they contributing to this um, to this question and this canon in such a way that moves everything forward, that moves forward that whole um, that whole thick system of thinking about um, digital environments, um, humanity, and creating a, a good or the best intersection possible. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so much of what you're saying resonates with me so much. It's interesting because I've been in this world for maybe about four years now, and. Even back in 2017, there wasn't like a lot of information. And so it's it's fascinating to hear about you getting in this world in, you know, 2012, 2013, where there was probably even less. And it really was relying on the books and, and research of those various people that you have named. And what I have found is that with each year, this topic of conversation is growing in the public consciousness. It's becoming more and more popular. And so I think, you know, and a big reason why I, I love doing podcasts, especially around this topic, is that it allows us to engage in deeper, meaning, more meaningful connections than you might find just kind of scrolling through social media. I, I know a lot of what you do in your work is focused around digital ethics. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. if you could share with our listeners, what are some of the fundamentals you would say when it comes to digital ethics and why is it important for us to be aware of them? Mm -hmm. So it's a, that's a really good question. I think the with regards to the work that I do, I think it's, it's what's really interesting is um, so digital mindfulness in and of itself um, is really the name. Of course, it's the name of the entity that I work that I work with, and um, um, and that's the work that we do. But what's really interesting, Patrick, is the way that everything splinters off. So as you mentioned at the top, uh, so with the first question, there's this there's, there's this whole idea of digital well-being, and the extent to which, okay, how does um, um, how do our digital environments contribute to our overall sense, the human sense of sense of well-being, um, and that's and that's really important, right? That's really important not only from the people that use the technology, but the people that create that technology. But then also, then you have another you have another pillar, another thematic pillar, if you will, which is digital ethics and. And again, that's that's something that's really fascinating. Again, came from you know, like you know, study ages ago. But some of the key things really that that we think about, because of course the work that I tend to do tends to be either you know working with startups who are trying to build something, and then they want to be thinking about this more you know more systematically, or working with other companies that already have quite a strong foundational technology stack, and they're trying you know, and they're thinking, okay how do we make um, um, our technology stack more responsible, more ethical? So this is, you know, digital ethics really is a fast moving industry at the moment. And that's something that's probably really, that's really good just now, you know, as you know, that we're laying the tracks down um, as fast as we're trying to lay the tracks as quickly as the train is coming with regards to, um, with regards to all of the theory and all of the research that's coming behind that. So Patrick, one of the key one of the key pillars um, that we really that we really start to think about um, with with digital ethics, and I want to preface this by saying first of all that um, you know that these are 
these are things that I've seen definitely in my day to day. And there, you know, of course, there, there's, there was, there were lots and lots of people that are thinking deeply about, um, you know, thinking deeply from a research and academic perspective about digital ethics. But in terms of the things that I'm think that I'm seeing on a day to day basis, so first of all, things like discrimination. First of all, so what right, is the extent right. to which, um, with regards to digital ethics, what is the extent to which certain groups or certain individuals, certain people, or certain traits or or certain data sets are are privileged or chosen over another? So discrimination is one huge thing. And, um, and of course, the fascinating thing is that for many organisations that create these products and services, they're really not aware that that discrimination exists. So that's one that's one key pillar because that we need to think about because not only is it um, is it a cultural thing that um, that of course businesses of course are doing a lot of work to think about just now certainly in the last eighteen months, but systematically and digitally. It's very much a problematic thing and something that companies are starting to learn how to take seriously and how to decrease as much as much as possible. So discrimination is one thing. So um, so, so the second thing, so the second big thing that we work on um, with regards to digital ethics is what I would say, I was going to say initially um, misinformation, but you could then, you know, we could then just kind of take that back a little bit and talk about willful, willful direction of people so the control you know the the actual control of information to affect um, a specific behavior or a specific choice by the person that ends up using that that particular digital artifacts this is a really big and um, thankfully because it's fascinating and um, and it's really impactful but it's a really big topic um, that's growing in not only the, not only sophistication from people that would apply you know these either either dark patterns or, or misinformation campaigns or or propaganda campaigns or whatever they're not only growing in sophistication from that perspective but we're also getting better at understanding that and also developing um tools to to weed those out to identify them at source so um so those, those are those are two big things um those are two big things that we work on the um and and oh gosh <laughs> Again, I could go on and on and on about this um, <laughs> much longer than we would than we would have just now. But um, right. you know, one, you know, one of the other things um, that we do talk about, and again, you know, this comes under the you know, this comes under justice as well. So almost like almost like digital justice. One of the big things that we do work on with companies is um, is, is for example burnout, um, the extent to which the people that use platforms, and this would again come under justice and also well being human well-being but the extent to which people just burn out emotionally um, psychologically from using particular platforms and we're speaking and you know a lot some of the work that we've been doing recently and I can go into it just a little bit but some of the work we've been doing recently in particular people with like um, um, influencers and child influencers for whom you know they make a living by creating content and being online but do actually you know suffer um, um, some extent of um, of burnout for for that, and you know, and you would know as well, Patrick, as you know, being a creator yourself, that there's a lot that goes into creating um, creating high quality content. Um, it's not oh, just yes. the product that people hear; it's it's everything beforehand. It's the admin beforehand. It's the techno technological challenges. It's 
it's the promotion afterwards it's speaking to sponsor there's so many steps in creating that one piece of content and so so these you know these are some of the core things that we work on and um it's i think what's interesting is that um, um the, so the the organization that i have now it's it's almost like an a research company come education company come come innovation company and then but then there's also a little bit of I wouldn't say social justice side of it I don't want to use that term but certainly there's a social there's very much a kind of like a social responsibility side that you know almost functioning like an NGO um, almost which which is really great because you start to see that there is um, in this area that we're working in there's not only is there um, industry impact that you can have you can have a real impact on um, on how these um, on how these digital artifacts are created but then there's also you know you see that you can have a real impact on people's lives and help them to create digital environments that suit them better yeah you you bring up so many good points Lawrence about you know just a variety of different aspects with regards to digital mindfulness digital ethics that that people really need to be aware of. I love how you talked about being aware of discrimination, digital justice. I love, I love that term. I had actually never heard that before, but it makes so much sense, especially as technology is continuing to advance. And as it gets more and more complex, it's, I think, going to be easier for some of these problems to slip through the cracks. And so it's really up to, to people like yourself who are educating people on on these issues. And in the work that you've done, I'd be curious to hear what you believe are the greatest threats with technology and, and your biggest concerns related to digital ethics. You know, Patrick, I think speaking to um, to people speaking to people that I trust on this on this topic, I think one of the one of the things about creating content or just working a lot as we do now um you and i i think one of the things that we could that we can sometimes be guilty of is that you know we have we work so hard to put content out that we just that's all we do you know we're just pushing out content and um you know taking the time to to reflect um with people way smarter than me one of the key things that i think that i'm that i'm concerned about is the mental health complaints that are starting to increase um, and I'm not saying that there's a correlation I'm not saying one is the result of the other but just from the amount of time that we've spent online and inside as well um, naturally we've had to spend much more time connected digitally in smaller spaces and I think the thing that really concerns me just now is is that mental health is the growth in complaints that people are experiencing um, these issues enough to warrant them to seek um, professional help? Um, so that 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 really that really concerns me, and I think that that's why um, it's been really interesting for me. You know, because again, for me, I I very much focus on the digital side of this, but looking at you know some of the providers that are um, trying to do good work in this space. And I'm talking right away from household names, right the way through to to other organisations and startups that we might not have heard of. That's really, really inspiring stuff. And so, but that that's something that really, really um, makes me think. I think the other thing 
that makes me that kind of not so, I guess keep wake, wakes me up in the morning is perhaps the right word is um I'm really interested in emerging technology and so when I when I talk about when I talk about that I'm really interested in for example like the rise of things like 5G the rise of the internet of things when more things just become connected to the internet when for example when our internet just becomes faster um, in higher resolution and it be, and it's just everywhere what what happens to people then i think that that's something that really um, that that really that really concerns me um at the moment because at the you know i think we've always done this of course as a species but you know we're just creating 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 and almost coming back to my original point that sometimes as content creators we don't take enough time to just um not so much consolidate but think take a step back and consider um consider what's going around take a breath it feels like that's kind of what's happening with society just now we haven't taken you know it's it's and of course it's difficult to right it's just difficult to do this but it's difficult to take a step back and and just you know and just like look back at it all so i'm really interested in what this you know 10 years ago we had the financial crash this year we've had um you know we've had to stay inside with lockdowns you know i'm curious to see what's going to happen next what these new companies are going to bring to the fore whether these whether they're going to be much more focused on um, not so much profit, but whether they're going to be focused on um, exploiting things like human attention to capture more of that, um, to get their fortune, or whether we're actually, you know, whether we've learned enough that actually creating better and more responsible technology or digital environments, whether that will lead to the next wave of innovation and wealth. I think that really interests me. And so yeah, these 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 are the key these are the key things I think that would drive me and and just starting to see it as well. You're starting to see the green shoots of all of this. Like for example, you're starting to see this in the workplace, that people you know that huge companies are really starting. They they understand now that you can't just shove a load of digital tools in front of people and expect them to do their best work or to be their best selves or to feel happy. You can't you just can't do that. But actually, it's much more nuanced than that but of course right. in the nuance is that's where lies all of the value there so that's where lies all of the gems um both for the people that use the technology and also from from those that make it so you know for me i'm really optimistic i'm really optimistic and as you mentioned at the start of the show like the you know in terms of all of the years that i've been working on my career this is this you know, there hasn't been a more exciting point at which to work on this yeah you, you make some amazing points about and i love what you were saying too about the importance of reflecting about the content that that we're creating i think that is that the mindful uh mindfulness piece of digital mindfulness isn't it is it's where we're not just pushing out content endlessly and endlessly and endlessly i think sometimes society feels like nowadays that's what we need to do but i love what you're saying with regards to taking a step back and really reflecting okay is this is this content that is not only resonating with an audience but is it also something that's still meaningful to me i think that that's something that's that's so important and uh, I, yeah i'm so i'm so glad that you said that I think it's I think it's also interesting, Patrick, as well. You know, just taking 
you know, we were talking, you know, just talking about taking that step back. But for me, that that whole thing of of, of being um, of being digitally mindful, and this is why, you know, I'm so unbelievably grateful, not just for geographically where I am, but the community that I that I'm part of as well. I just I'm so grateful because what's what's emerged in the years that I've been working is that now everyone is you and I'm sure you can see this as well Patrick but everyone now we're we're way more interdisciplinary right um, in how we start to questions right so so we do do you know what I mean so you have you know you do have highly qualified um, academics and researchers in lots of different disciplines working on this but then you've got people right the way from you know the big five technology companies, right the way through to um, to startups, working on you know different variants of this of this issue, and that's why it's incredibly exciting. Because again, you know, just from the thrust of this podcast, you genuinely can talk <laughs> seven days a week through to people that are doing something incredibly interesting, and yes. then find, start to find join the dots. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm very interested to see, and and I would agree with you too, that I'm also optimistic in seeing how things evolve over time. On this show, we talk a lot about the impact that technology has on our relationships with each other. And so I'm wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. How do you believe digital ethics plays a role in improving our relationships to one another as human beings outside of technology that's a great question and um, and it's nice as well it's, it's 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 nice to be able to think about this just with the benefit of you know a few years so um so you know looking back to for example the um the very first the first and second presidential elections when barack obama got into power and, if, and people were studying the um, the digital the digital elections and just the effect that, for example, people didn't know the effect that Facebook would have on people, and being able to micro-target different groups of people based on all different kinds of, you know, psychometrics and demographics and different customer segmentations. Like that was re- that was something that had you know, it hadn't been done in such detail before. So we were seeing the effect that that could have on people and tailoring your messages accordingly. So that's something that, that that hadn't been done before. I think now that was very, very interesting. And that was my entry point into this. I think once we start to think about digital ethics now, so we start to think about, okay, how can we create something? How can we create an environment that's, that's responsible, that is ethical, that is just, that is safe and all of that? It's honestly, there's some amazing work. An example of this is spoke to the Google team, some of the Android team, about what they what they were doing, um, and I think a, a few updates ago with Android, um, one of the things that they started to see and um, they started to get was you know from feedback from people, and, and this and this was fascinating. Kind of speaking to them with about this was that we don't like being people don't like being bothered by their phones all the time, and of course this sounds a little bit passe now because we know this, but you know around about you know the mid two thousand tens, this wasn't. You know, kind of 2016 17 like this was it was known it was known but certainly you know i think the you know if you were to you know be a bit more cynical about it we would have thought well you know there's no there's no value in taking people away from their phone it was a zero-sum game right if you right. if your phone was constantly annoying you or kind of want you know going for your attention or tracking you then 
the, you know, the other side was to have a digital detox. And actually what we found, what they found from that was fascinating. Actually, people used to use gestures. Um, they used gestures to indicate to other people that they didn't want to be disturbed. And by that, and one of those gestures was just to flip their phone over. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating because I know that I do it. So if I do, if I'm at the dinner table um, or if I'm talking with a friend, I either take my phone completely out of view, or just flip it over, and then everyone else, you know, in my vicinity knows that I don't want to be disturbed. My friend, also the person that I'm with, knows that they've got my full attention because I don't. I'm not going to look at the screen, and of course, then working then with designers and pro and product managers. You can design that then into the system so that the um, so that the phone knows then that it's been flipped over and will just go into do not disturb mode, and you know and then kind of go into low power mode, which is absolutely fascinating. So that that constant relate and of course you know this is what a good product team, a good you know good UX team like this, they'll un they'll understand this implicitly. So really kind of like figuring things like this out are incredibly important. I think also going on from this, so this is the second and final example I'll give, I'll give of this things that you know kind of the interaction that I've seen with digital ethics and, and human behaviour. One of the things that um that we've seen is, and sorry, and the reason I'm going on about this is that I get so excited when you can start to take these insights and then design them into machines and or into software that will then be used by billions and billions of people. It's, fa it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, un it's just utterly fascinating. So one of the um, so one of the other areas that I'm really, really fascinated in is um, is in well-being, is in human well-being. And, um, and I think the, the reason why I'm fascinating, fascinated by this is that um, for a long time, this whole idea of digital well-being was seen as, was seen as something fluffy and vague and you know, um, it's like, it's okay if you just put your phone away, then that will contribute to digital well-being. When actually you've got some really, really, really smart people that um, that think about this all day, every day, and you've got really smart teams working on this. So an example of this is, and it's just a really simple example, but they, you know, one of the things that the Facebook team found was that, you know, within on the Instagram platform is that, you know, people were constantly, constantly like there was a, there were studies that linked you know how people felt the number of likes that they had of course i'm explaining this now this is this is like you know people you know this is not new news to people people might you know might just shrug or roll their eyes or whatever but at the time that's absolutely you know that's not only recognizing that but then designing something then into the system by okay then let's put likes somewhere else Let's make the likes so that they're more difficult to find. So, because that information is really, really useful if you're running a communication platform that uses advertising. So, that's obviously really, really useful. But let's take let's take the likes away so they're, so they're not massively, massively obvious. And in looking at the results of tests like that, were just just unbelievable. You know, just report. You know, just the reports that people just felt better that there was, you know, that people that there was more meaningful use. Of the platform as well so when people did use the platform you know like yes they were they were invested in it for a time and then they left and it was cool um right. i find that th things like this are really really important and you know a lot of these big technology companies they do get um you know of course they do get a lot of um criticism but not a lot of people know about the um um 
like I say, the, the big, like the important work and the investments that they do make into um, into digital ethics, into um, into responsible innovation as well, um, into digital well-being, and so yeah, and so and of course, then you know, Patrick, as, right, as you know right. yourself as well, once they do find something that will meaningfully improve the platform and the experience of everybody else, and it links to this, like boom, you can just you can change people's lives with an update. <laughs> from the app store so uh, oh my gosh it's it's so amazing i think so much of what you shared today has been uh really eye-opening even even for for someone like myself who's kind of been in this world a little bit it, it's really a matter of looking at the positive change that technology can have in our lives despite the the baggage that it has carried for a long time and i think so much of it is just educating ourselves and, and being mindful with regards to how we're using technology and the impact and the influence that technology is having on us as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, just this, this whole idea, you know, that when, when I, the whole idea behind the phrase digital mindfulness is that, you know, it really is your digital present moment. Um, and, you know, if you just... You know, this is it's not sitting it's not about sitting down and, and meditating, but if you're aware of your digital present moment, the I think if you're fully aware, then the choices you make would be very different. And that goes for whether you actually are the recipient, whether you actually use these digital platforms or whether you're actually creating them. So um so yeah, and that and that really, you know, when I think of the name, it kind of it really informs everything that we do here. Oh, absolutely. Well, Lawrence, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Relate podcast. I, I can't thank you enough for not only joining us on the show, but also in the work that you're doing with digital mindfulness. It, it really is crucially important work that our society needs and will continue to need as we progress forward and advance technologically. And to go off what you said before, again, I, I think that there are a lot of great possibilities out there. And it's just a matter of getting out there and, and educating people on these things. And so, you know, with that said, I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners where they could find out more information about you and your work. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Patrick. I really appreciate it. Yes, if anyone wants to find out more about myself or my work or, and connect with me if you just come to digitalmindfulness.net um, all one word um, that's where we live online and um, you'll be able to get in contact with us right there everything's there for you to see perfect well i'll make sure to include the link to that in our show notes so listeners all you have to do is scroll down and click that link in the show notes on the website you'll find a wide variety of different amazing resources including many podcast episodes that you could tune into and educate yourselves on digital mindfulness and digital ethics as well so lawrence i have one last question for you before we part ways today and that's how do you believe we as a society can better relate to one another gosh that's a really good question gosh how can we how can we as a society better relate to one another you know i've often found um you know throughout my career and through you know throughout through this company and and the things that i've been working on i think that in order to better relate to each other yeah god that's such a good question patrick one of the best things patrick that i've seen that these that companies do 
that the research is showing pays real dividends is space, paradoxically. So you might think of relating to someone, how we better relate to someone is maybe closeness, um, physical closeness, or, you know, really trying to understand where people are emotionally or psychologically. And one of the things that I think has worked so well is space. So... So for, um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example of this. So I interviewed one of the um, I don't think he's there anymore, but we interviewed one of the staff members at Airbnb, and one thing that they found, um, so there were two big things that they found that really strengthened the bond between the um, between the host and the guest. And it, number one, it was it was um, space. So not kind of so whenever a question was asked, it didn't encourage super 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 speedy responses like you know like on twitter it wasn't about reacting it was about responding it was about having a little bit of time to consider okay does the guest have a problem does the host have a problem because you're literally going into someone else's house and so that was really interesting but then also having human to human contact so doing away with things like bots and um, you know like chat bots and things but actually having human to human contact that strengthened trust something intangible very very difficult to code for but humans understand it implicitly and it's not something that you necessarily get from a bot um or from you know from an artificial intelligence and so i thought that was really interesting because we discussed it as we came out and that whole thing of you know when someone's talking to you or if you're trying to relate to someone like giving yourself a little bit and again maybe you know being more mindful with with your with with your speech you know like taking that moment to just a moment to consider to actually respond rather than react yes um, by actually having real as far as possible real human um contact um rather than you know you know humanizing the con the conversation as much as you possibly can um, those really, really, really help, not just online, but in person, they help to relate better. Right, right. Oh, I, I love that so much. What what a great way to, to conclude this episode, Lawrence. So uh, thank you so much again. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.